0: No one likes to feel stuck, especially by your cloud. But the IBM cloud is the most open and secure public cloud for business. It can manage all your apps and data anywhere. Smart loves problems. IBM, let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash flexible.
1: This is The Sporting Life on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Here's Jeremy Schaap. For the last 30 years, Melissa Isaacson has been one of the best sports writers in America. For two decades in Chicago, covering the Chicago Bulls of Michael Jordan, covering the Chicago Bears. She's now teaching journalism at the Medill School at Northwestern University. But before she was a sports reporter and before she was a journalism teacher, Melissa Isaacson was an athlete herself. And her new book is about that time in her life, it's titled State, a Team, a Triumph, a Transformation. And it's a pleasure to welcome to The Sporting Life our old friend, Melissa Isaacson. Melissa, thank you for being with us.
0: Thanks so much, Jeremy, for having me. really appreciate it.
1: This book, it's not just about your athletic career uh, as a high school basketball player uh, in the Chicago suburbs. It is about the way in which... Um, Women's sports began to transform, use the word transformation in your title, transform in the years following the implementation of Title IX in 1972. What was it like being a girl in the 1970s who loved sports but didn't have the outlets you wanted in which to compete?
0: yeah it was it was painful. It was frustrating because you know you were you were labeled a tomboy, which was not necessarily complimentary as, as a little girl. Um, it kind of meant you were an outcast. you weren't really a girl, you weren't really a boy. you were sort of somewhere in between. Mm. You know, and all that was was fine if you could play and you'd chase along after your brothers or the boys in the neighborhood, and then they'd go off and put on their uniforms and go play in real on real teams and in real leagues. And we were left to, you know, watch, to kind of press our noses up against his fence or, or to go home and wait for them to come home and, and let us tag along again. So it got frustrating. And uh for me, anyway, you know, until junior high, there there just wasn't that outlet and there wasn't, you know, the opportunity to to compete and to learn all the cool things that that boys were learning in T-ball when they were little about team play and pushing yourself and being tough and strategizing and all that cool stuff that really serves you well in life. Um, For me, all I wanted was a uniform. I just wanted, like, a cool uniform. It was fairly simple. And, uh, you know, it it took a little while. I was lucky because, obviously, our older sisters and cousins, uh, many generations of girls didn't have
1: it at all. You, your book, State, your new book, it goes back to this period in your life and um, to this time in which uh, change had been mandated for girls and women in sports. Um, public funding, you know, was going to be dedicated for the first time by law to give women um, – uh, to put women and girls on a par with men in terms of opportunities in sports – uh what was your awareness of all that going on when you were a freshman at uh what is it Nile West, Niles West Niles West High School in suburban Chicago mm-hmm. in 1975?
0: We didn't know. I mean, you know, Title IX was kind of a vague thing that we knew that we were going to have a chance to play actually on a varsity team and then in 77 in Illinois for girls basketball to play for a state championship. But, you know, there weren't uh First of all, it took a couple of years for the whole rest of the country to realize that Title IX after 1972 was about sports at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the honor to interview Dr. Christine Grant, who is one of the pioneers and longtime advocates of Title IX and gender equality um, at the University of Iowa. And, and this weekend I talked to her and she talked about how all hell broke loose a couple years after when even even senators didn't really fully realize that this meant sports, you know, that this meant girls were going to bump, you know, God forbid, bump boys out of the gym and, and you know, God knows what else. And so, you know, and I, I talk about there weren't like Title IX police running around the country enforcing it. So there was still stuff. We've still been, you know, in 1975, we weren't allowed in the quote-unquote boys' gym mm-hmm. in our large suburban high school, which is not in any way unusual. That's what it was. We, You know, we couldn't practice or play. So... Um, we may have been aware and we were certainly grateful. We had a team and we had uniforms, but we shared the uniforms, you know, among every other girls team. Um, and, and so, you know, it was like a, a little, it was a little bit of a tease, but, um, I think more than anything, we were grateful. And, uh, we watched the four year period that I document it was an incredible period of growth for, for girls in the country. And for us, we, we enter in high school in 75, not allowed in that gym, and four years later, we're playing to standing room only crowds in that gym and beating Jackie Joyner um, and her East St. Louis team for the state championship. So for us, we thought anything was possible.
1: We're speaking with Melissa Isaacson about her new book, State, a team, a triumph, a transformation, and... Um, yeah, well listen, they're there you know, when you when you set out on a project and you've written books before and you're gonna spend a lot of time doing it and you've gotta really be in love with the topic, there is a message right. you wanna send. Um how long were you thinking about writing this? And what finally <laughs> convinced you to do it and to delve into autobiography, which is an entirely different genre and requires a different way of thinking?
0: I mean, it certainly did not start out to be a memoir. Um, I was sort of the unofficial team documentarian, if you will, by writing little poems to our coach and silly things like that. Um, on the occasion of the 25th anniversary, and we just celebrated our 40th 15 years ago, I uh, wrote a column for the Chicago Tribune in which I talked about all the things we didn't know at the time. Our Our coach was a young woman who no one else really wanted the job, She had played a little six-girl basketball but certainly didn't know how to coach it and had secretly sought the counsel of the legendary boys coach at our school at the time and they sort of hid in the corners of the teacher's lounge and he would scribble on napkins and literally teach her how to teach us. Um, Our principal was going downstate and fighting with men that he called the crew cuts. He would come back up to school and tell his friends and colleagues, of course, we didn't know this, that um, they're afraid basketball is too dangerous for girls, that uh, over their dead bodies would they allow girls to take the gym mm. time that boys had. So he was strategizing, you know, trying to get certain sports that he thought were more genteel, like badminton and, <laughs> uh, you know, volleyball that they might allow. Um, so so all these cool things that, you know, as kids you just don't know, made for a column 15 years ago, uh, that turned into what was originally going to be a young adult book and maybe a screenplay, but it never got off the ground. I became frustrated. Uh, I didn't know what a young adult book even was, to be honest, and I didn't know how to really write like narrative nonfiction. So it sat around. I would, I would kind of play with it and, you know, tinker with it. And then I started, I had written a magazine story about my parents' battle with Alzheimer's, which began when I was in high school. And, uh, I finally realized, with the help of Scott Price, who you know, yep. SL Price, one of our great writers of, for Sports Illustrated, he encouraged me to sort of tell my story. And um, and for some reason, it just clicked when he said that. You know, it's your story; just tell it. And so I finally kind of rewrote the whole thing, and that's why it took so long. And uh, but I think I think somehow the time is right. You know, it felt right to have it. Coincidentally, come out on our 40th anniversary and certainly during a time right now when, uh, you know, women's issues
1: are at the forefront. We're speaking with Melissa Isaacson about her new book, State, A Team, of Triumph, A Transformation. And looking back now, Melissa, 40 years later after um, what you experienced, what that team achieved, what did it mean? to the rest of... What has it meant to you all these years? How has it informed the way you have approached life and your job and raising a family?
0: Oh, my gosh. It absolutely changed the people we were. And, and when I, I had the chance to interview Birch Bayh um, a couple years ago, and I, and I sort of babbled um, and, and told him that, you know, that it changed the people that we were. It It, it made me have the courage to... You know, become a sports writer, to walk into men's locker rooms, to, you know, raise our children the way we did, to, um, because we're in, typical of every other group in society, you know, we had women who had terrible, uh, hardships happen to them along the way and, uh, and, and as adults. And they absolutely talk about, uh, what they learned as athletes, giving them the courage to fight through. Um, They're very adult issues in later years, you know, and and there are women who are very successful. It's no coincidence that when you look at the most successful women in the Fortune 500 lists and so forth, that um, almost 80 plus percent, I think it's 84 percent, were athletes at one time team and team sports. Most of them now there's still a teeny percentage of fortune 500 executives who are women. That's all another thing, yeah. but of the women, it's no coincidence that they all played sports. So it, it completely changed, changed my life and changed who I was. I think yeah, I certainly like sports and there were certain things I would like to think I would have accomplished, but, but be, be, being able to play and compete and then win a state championship uh, was hugely
1: instrumental. Well, it's a great story, and of course, expertly told by Melissa Isaacson, the longtime sports writer, her new book, State, A Team, A Triumph, A Transformation. Melissa, it's always a pleasure. Thanks so much for coming on the show.
0: Thank you so much, Jeremy. Really appreciate it.
1: I'm Jeremy Schapp, and you can listen to new editions of The Sporting Life every Saturday and Sunday morning on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app beginning at 6 a.m. Eastern Time.